0: The Democratic Party happens to have been in control. They drew the maps to their advantage so that you know they're essentially choosing their voters instead of voters choosing them and the result is uh, that people's choices and voices are literally suppressed. This is a form of voter suppression.
1: No one has ever publicly stepped forward to say here's the reason here's the definitive reason that this ward was created, Um, it it may remain a mystery until one of the people in the proverbial room where it happened
2: uh, decides to disclose it. You're listening to The Cloudcast, a new podcast from The Daily Line about the people who wield power in Chicago, Cook County, and the state of Illinois. Every episode, we're going to bring you stories and interviews breaking down how that power develops and gets turned into policy, policy that's funded with our tax dollars and ends up having a big impact on all of our lives. I'm Joel Ebert.
3: I'm Alex Nitkin.
4: And I'm Erin Haggerty. We're all reporters at The Daily Line, and 2021 is going to be a huge year for power in Illinois. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is trying to get her agenda back on track after narrowly passing a hard-fought, pandemic-ravaged budget. She's also facing massive pressure to overhaul the city's police department after a year full of protests and ongoing fallout from a now infamous botched 2019 police raid.
3: Cook County leaders are going to have to figure out the right way to assess, charge and collect property taxes now that all residents' economic situations have been scrambled by the COVID-19 pandemic.
2: And on the state level, embattled Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan is facing the political fight of his life, while Governor J.B. Pritzker and legislative leaders are working to recover from the defeat of their graduated income tax proposal, all while the state scrambles to close a multi-billion-dollar budget deficit. Throughout the year, we will delve into a big range of topics, including finances and budgets to reforming criminal justice and policing. Our guests will include policymakers, former elected officials, some current elected officials, lobbyists, organizers, and reporters who will share their insights and analysis of what's going on.
3: But first, we really want to talk to you about redistricting and remapping, which is something we're going to be following really closely all year, both on our written coverage and hopefully through this podcast. If you follow politics closely, you've probably heard about congressional redistricting when state leaders or independent panels redraw the districts that make up the U.S. House of Representatives. But that's just at the federal level. We're also going to get new boundaries this year for all 50 of Chicago's wards, 17 Cook County Commissioner districts, 59 Illinois State Senate districts, and 118 State House districts. The redistricting and remapping process is undertaken every 10 years following the decennial census. As the city, state, and county's population shifts, wards and districts are reconfigured to encapsulate an equal number of people in each ward or district.
4: The process is messy. Aldermen are drawn out of their wards. Elected officials can disagree on who should even do the remapping in the first place. And the demographics of an elected official's district can change, throwing a hurdle in their re-election bids. In Chicago, remapping the city's 50 wards has largely played out behind closed doors among clout-heavy aldermen. The mayor isn't technically involved in the remapping process, but she has chosen the committee chairs and council leaders who are likely to play crucial roles in the redraw.
2: The process with the Illinois General Assembly is just as messy, with Republicans and Democrats fighting for control while facing a deadline that can sometimes end up with a name being drawn out of a replica of Abraham Lincoln's stovepipe hat. A lot of people have called for change in this strange process, including by putting the public in the driver's seat rather than politicians. Those have failed so far.
3: Here at the Cloudcast, we'll try to bring that process out of the back rooms and straight to you. As remapping plays out, we'll talk to officials involved in this grueling process. We will examine the cost of remapping and where that money is going. We'll consider the racial impacts of remapping, and we will take a look back at notable redistricting efforts in decades past. This process is going to be long, and surely things will evolve as the year unfolds. So stay with us this year as we look at this decennial requirement piece by piece.
2: Before we begin our dive into redistricting, there's a few basics to understand. The redistricting process, in some ways, has already begun. Every 10 years after the U.S. Census Bureau concludes its nationwide population survey, data is sent to every state in the country. Before the data can go to the states, it must be sent to the president. Most of the time, the Census Bureau provides apportionment data to the president by December 31st. But this year, that didn't happen, in part due to maneuvers by the Trump administration. Shifts in population and an accurate count are important because it is directly tied to how many congressional seats a state has and how much federal funding it will receive. Here's Madeline Dubek, Executive Director of the Coalition for Honest and New Government Ethics, or Change Illinois, on how
0: the population data is used. Every local government is required to redraw its political districts to reflect the shifts in population. Uh, and so in Illinois and a lot of other states, how that works is that the uh, Illinois General Assembly goes about that process. Typically, they host some hearings, uh, but lawmakers um, get in a room and draw the map themselves.
2: That's how the Illinois General Assembly and Chicago City Council got their existing boundaries, some of which are, let's just say, a little odd looking. Aaron spoke to someone who represents an area like that.
4: Do you know why Your ward is shaped the way that it is?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of theories about that. Uh, And
1: the fact that no one has ever publicly stepped forward to say, here's the reason, you know, here's the definitive reason that this ward was created. Um, It it may remain a mystery until one of the people in the proverbial room where it happened uh, decides to disclose it.
4: That's Alderman Brian Hopkins, whose second ward in Chicago is arguably the most gerrymandered of the fifty. It stretches from the lake on the east, west to Western Avenue, in a jagged shape that covers at least six neighborhoods, including Gold Coast, Ukrainian Village, and Lincoln Park.
1: Since I first got elected, uh, people have enjoyed comparing the shape of my ward to a lobster. Uh, And you can actually see how that would be with sort of two claws on the western edge. Um, But uh, I do an annual bike ride around the second ward, and we had a graphic artist superimposed the ward over a bicycle um, using the the two wheels of a bicycle and then the center post and then the seat at the top. And it actually works quite nicely. Um, So because of my lifelong love of cycling, uh, I prefer to call the second ward the bicycle ward.
4: The ward's previous alderman, Bob Fioretti, was drawn out of the ward 10 years ago when the boundaries were changed so drastically that none of the previous second ward, not even an alley, is included in the new second ward. But what was put into the ward was a massive industrial area along the north branch of the Chicago River that would later become Lincoln Yards.
1: What's before us today is a very simple matter. It is a zoning amendment in the second ward. Nothing more, nothing less. A simple zoning change in my ward. And I'm urging your support as my colleagues the same way that many of you over the years have asked me to support zoning changes in your ward, which I have done.
4: That's Hopkins speaking on the city council floor on March 13th, 2019. He was asking his colleagues to support developer Sterling Bay's $6 billion plan to turn 53 acres of industrial land along the north branch of the Chicago River, which is now in Hopkins Ward, into thousands of apartments, offices and entertainment spaces, a.k.a. Lincoln Yards. As alderman of the area. Hopkins had a huge role in workshopping and shepherding this massive proposal through the approval process, and by the time of this meeting, Sterling Bay had landed on a version of its plan that earned Hopkins' support. But the proposal was still controversial, and the council debated it for hours before eventually approving it in a vote of 33 to 14. One of the 14 who voted against the plan was Alderman Scott Wagesback from the neighboring 32nd Ward.
5: Alderman Wagusbeck. Uh Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, today's vote is about zoning. Um, and as you, a lot of you know, I used to have this area in the 32nd Ward.
4: Wagstaff had previously represented most of the future Lincoln Yards area until the new ward boundaries were adopted in 2015.
5: And as Alderman Osterman pointed out, you know, you could come back and find a better plan. In portions of that area, there was a better plan before I was redistricted out of it.
4: After the last remap, the site to be the future home of Lincoln Yards was carved out of Wagespec's 32nd ward and added to the second ward.
5: I always kind of joke around with people because I'd say, you know, the way we actually do it in that back room is we're not looking at a computer. We just throw Jello on the wall and see what sticks, and then we draw a line around it. That's where literally what it looks like.
4: It wasn't by Wagespec's choice that the future Lincoln Yards area was pushed out of his ward. Back in 2011, the last time the ward boundaries were drawn, Wagespeck was one of the eight aldermen who voted against the new map. And Lincoln Yards getting pushed out of his ward, he doesn't think that was an accident.
5: In the terms of Rami Emanuel, I think we found out later on that the way the second ward was carved up in part was forward thinking in terms of uh, that whole project over there, um, Lincoln Yards. If you look at the boundaries of where the tip was drawn and also where the the ward boundaries were drawn deliberately, um, it was very precise in terms of what properties ended up in that uh, Lincoln Yards area as well. So when we're talking about power politics, um, you know, Chicago does it extremely well.
4: For what it's worth, Hopkins doesn't believe that's how the remap went down. He says if it were, someone would have approached him to tell him about it in 2015 when he was running for alderman.
1: Some have proposed the idea that the second ward was created to sort of assist whoever the alderman would be um, in the eventuality that a development like Lincoln Yards was proposed. Uh, I can tell you that's nonsense because (laughs) no one ever approached me as a candidate. Uh, You know, I I ran in a very crowded field um, for that office after the second ward was created. And no one approached me, and I can even speak for for my opponents in the initial round because, you know, I know them all and we've since become friends. No one approached them either. So the notion that this ward was created and some sort of a conspiracy to put an alderman in there that would support a development that no one had had yet even started to design, in fact, most of the land uh, that would become Lincoln Yards hadn't even been sold, is absurd, uh, you really got to have the tinfoil hat on nice and snug in order to believe something like that, so um, it 's just not true and uh, in you know classic uh, Chicago tradition, um, you know some people are just always going to believe the most nefarious conspiracy theory of the ones that they 've heard. Um, but I can tell you from personal knowledge that that one is complete nonsense.
4: no matter what the intention was it 's pretty safe to say that if the remap hadn 't happened the way it did. And Wagaspect kept the area in his ward, the multi-billion dollar development going up there would look very different. So the next time you drive or ride your bike past Lincoln Yards, remember that what you're seeing is not just the promise of future buildings and landscaping. It's also the result of redistricting.
2: The story of Lincoln Yards is just one example of the ways redistricting really matters for how the city and state are governed. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Again, here's Madeline Dubick from Change, Illinois.
0: I guess I would just emphasize for everybody that this is really the foundation upon which all of our elections and our governments are built. And um, so while it may seem like a quirky sort of dry, esoteric thing, it is critically important. And it does, um, you know, it's pretty much dictating the outcome of who our elected representatives are going to be. And so if you don't like something that you see happening, you know, whether it's um, uh, police reform in the city of Chicago or um, schools, how they're being opened or not opened or run or not run, in one way or another, all of these things tie back to drawing of political maps. And so it's um, – to my way of thinking, one of the foundational ways we need to fix things and improve them so that we're all assured that our voices are uh, being heard.
2: Dubek's organization is one of many in Illinois that have been pushing for lawmakers and members of the Chicago City Council to change the way they do redistricting.
0: Change Illinois has been pushing for several years for an independent resident redistricting commission, uh, the idea is to have people who are not politicians or not related to politicians or, you know, who don't have a contract with a politician to uh, actually draw the maps and to draw them without paying attention to uh, what voters' political affiliations seem to be. Uh, we have had proposals to try to get that done for the past several years by having lawmakers themselves vote to approve it. There have been previous attempts to try to get a question on the ballot, asking voters if they'd prefer to have it done that way. Uh, all of those efforts have been stymied uh, repeatedly this past year. The, the last year in 2020, it was stymied by the pandemic and the fact that the Illinois General Assembly from the middle of March until the end of May did not even meet.
2: The push for change is largely due to the political influence on the redistricting process.
0: The Democratic Party happens to have been in control. They drew the maps to their advantage so that, you know, they're essentially choosing their voters instead of voters choosing them. And the result is uh, that people's choices and voices are literally suppressed. This is a form of voter suppression when uh, districts are drawn you know, primarily for political advantage. And uh, and so you don't have uh, the it sets the foundation for our democracy. And when that foundation is rigged from the start, it creates all kinds of un, of intended consequences that hurt all of us. So at the state level, it really is a battle between the two major political parties as to who's going to um, have the power, the majority power to hold sway over the maps and draw them, however, is going to produce more seats for them. Um, At the city level, obviously, Chicago is predominantly Democratic um, by far. And so it really becomes more about protecting incumbents or punishing incumbents who maybe haven't gone along with Uh, the plan of the majority of the council members or the mayor who happens to be in office at that time.
2: Again, here's an excerpt from Aaron's interview with Alderman Hopkins.
4: I've heard the word backroom deal. uh, It seems like used multiple on multiple occasions uh, to describe the remapping process. Um, And I know when we we talked in October, which feels like uh, years ago at this point, uh but you said that you you supported uh vesting an independent commission to to draw a map and you know make a recommendation on that to the city council um is that something you still support at this point um and and why would that be um you know a, a good way to to draw a map um of this, the city's 50 wards.
1: I, I do support an independent commission. Uh, Alderman Vasquez and I will be introducing a resolution to the city council to call for a hearing with expert witness testimony. Uh, there are, there are nationally known experts in independent redistricting. There's a science behind it, uh, especially today where, you know, in the last 10 years, since we did this, uh, significant strides in mapping software have been developed And it makes the process much easier. Uh, It's easier to automate it. Um, You know, certain decisions have to be made. And, you know, of course, you need to have the data uh, input. But once that's happened, you can tell the software, draw me a fair map. Draw me a map that uh, protects communities of interest and protects traditionally underrepresented minority groups uh, and recognizes geographic boundaries and things that exist in the physical world like rivers and railroad tracks and other natural boundaries uh, and draw a map that honors all of those things. And within minutes, uh, it it can be done on an automated basis. So that is definitely something we should consider. Uh, It takes the pen out of the hands of the politicians who have a vested interest in the outcome of the map uh, and who really can't be counted on to put that aside and draw something that balances everything out with the community's interest in mind i'd like to see that happen um and we're going to have that discussion we have some time by the way uh the state is under some pressure to come up with a new map quickly you know early on in, in uh, 2021 you know by february or march um they don't have a lot of time we have the luxury of time we can take pretty much all of 2021 and without that pressure of a ticking clock and a deadline we can get it right this time, and I think we need
4: to. The Chicago City Council has until December 1st to adopt a new board map, and it must get approval from more than 40 aldermen. If aldermen fail to approve a new ward map, the issue can go to voters. But even after a map is approved, it could still face legal challenges, which isn't unheard of in Chicago. And after a new ward map crosses all of the hurdles, it won't actually take effect until the 2023 election.
2: The Cloudcast is produced by me, Joel Ebert, Aaron Haggerty, and Alex Nitkin, and edited by myself. Thanks to Alderman Brian Hopkins, Alderman Scott Wagesbach, and Madeline Dubek for talking to us.
3: And a very special shout out to Crane's Chicago business reporter and the Daily Line godmother, A.D. Quigg, who you may remember as the host of the Aldercast. A.D., we hope we do your work justice.